Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump. Desperately want Trump gone, and I, I know that they desperately want it codified, that Trump cannot run again. Because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not. Which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Well, welcome back. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio Program is on the clock. And you know what? The time is up. That is sort of the... The title of today's theme, if I would. The time is up. There's only so much nutty that we can take. There's only so much danger we can be in. There's only so many times we'll roll over after hitting snooze and pretend that we don't see what we see. And the clock is running out. Now, I find it very interesting to be able to dissect if you will to be able to dissect somebody like taylor lorenz i don't care who this person is she's a quote-unquote journalist for the washington post she's a triggered activist she is a woman who strikes me as needing an intervention right either a boyfriend or some kind of a psychological eval But the progressive mind is not hard to figure out. They puff up their chests and they use big words and they try to push things that we all know are stupid. And they have the force of uh, an army of minions behind them to, you know, storm the castle. But if you call them out and you ask them, you know what? I'm not I'm not fully down with what you're talking about. Can you clarify? They can't. And it's a beautiful thing. They cannot defend the lunacy that they bow to. And there is no greater exchange than five minutes between this triggered Washington Post columnist, Taylor Lorenz, and Chaya Rachek. She is the Libs of TikTok creator. She gives us all of our Libs of the Week Fantastic. And what did she do? She merely found people on the left who were losing their minds and posting video of themselves. And she put it in a very specific spot so we could all see. She's not manipulating anybody. She's merely allowing these progressives to destroy themselves in their own natural habitat. (laughs) 
And these two women are not fans of each other. Now, in a brilliant stroke here, they're sitting down somewhere in California. And I think Taylor Lorenz is interviewing Cheya Rachik. Right, chick, whatever. I forget how to pronounce her name. I beg your pardon. And she, Chaya is Chaya, is wearing a T-shirt with Taylor Lorenz's picture on it as it's as she's crying. It's so fantastic. She's trolling her in living time. And the question is this: Is it okay for these books that show pornography, oral sex? Anal sex, sex in general, video or pictures, drawings of it, very explicit. Does that belong in our school libraries? Of course not. You do not need to be a parent to have common sense. You do not need to be a therapist to realize this is totally wacko. And yet this is the argument that they're having. So we have a series of audio sound bites for you. And I want you to hear the... I want you to hear crazy as it cracks because Taylor Lorenz starts off by saying, I don't understand what the big deal is. I grew up in the 90s. There was plenty of sex ed material that we had in school. Why is everybody so fired up about this? She admits that she's never even seen the very offensive books like queer, gender queer, and this other one that have caused so much firestorm. She's never even read the books, has no idea what she's talking about. And, and Shea Rachik is going to dismantle her in a surgical form. Audio soundbite number one basically sets the table. So yes or no, porn in school is A-OK? What do you think? Go. Like why you don't speak up about the sexualization of kids? I don't think it's a problem. I don't see, I guess I don't see as much. If I saw an example of a child being sexualized, of course I have a problem with, you know, certain things. I, I will, I will actually, you know, I will say. So do you I think, think we should give kids porn in school? The, the images of like gay sex? I, so I had public, again, I went to public school. And in public school, at least when I was growing up, <laughs> we were absolutely given um, literature, you know, explaining sex, educating People. It had pictures of like anal sex. Oh, absolutely. And it actually talked about condom use. What grade? God, I mean, I don't remember, but certainly probably middle school. Boop. Okay, that's my lie-o-meter. That's Pinocchio's nose. Boop. She's like, I'm a product of public schools in the 90s. Sister, I was in public schools 20 years prior to you. I can tell you for a fact that ain't happening that's not what was going on right so she's like yeah it's no big deal i mean we saw pictures of anal sex what most assuredly you did not by the way taylor lorenz is wearing a mask an ill-fitting 95k and 95 mask it's terrible i think that's what it is she's wearing a black mask could you be more triggered than that audio number audio soundbite number two so <laughs> Jay is going to say, so it's okay to have this book in school. You're cool with having porn in school. Go. So you think like books like Gender Career, this book is gay. We should give that to kids in school. I have not read those books, so I don't know. <laughs> you've not read these books, but you've written columns against people like her who say this is not at all even remotely appropriate for our school age kids. They know not of what they speak. Audio soundbite number three. Now, the, the, the uh, Taylor Lorenz of the Washington Post is now going to try to she's going to try to filibuster a little bit and explain herself. All right. Listen to the listen to it. Here you go. 
So I do think it's really important for kids to understand sex because as we all know, a lot of teenagers can be sexually active and I think sex education is important to promote, you know, healthy attitudes, healthy understandings of sex. I mean, these are human bodies. You can't just expect to send kids off at 18 with absolutely no sex ed and then think that they can function in the world. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what we're talking about, sweetheart. And by the way, parents have a job here. Parents have done a good job of this. It's one of the worst conversations. Got to have the talk. Got to Come on. What are we doing? And she's trying to say, we can't send kids to, to college without understanding the birds and the bees. What, what world is she living in? Do you think in the fifth grade there should be a book depicting oral sex? It's a hard no, Taylor. Audio soundbite number four. So then so then Shea Rachik says, well, you know what? I've got the book that you haven't taken the time to freaking read that's in elementary schools all across America. Would you like to see some of the highly pornographic photos or pictures? Here you go. So we should give kids um, like pictures of gay sex in, in middle school and actually elementary school, some of them. I guess I'm wondering what you consider that. I think. Do you that, want to see a picture? Well, I don't know, but um, I mean, I, are you talking about the ones that you've posted on, yeah. on your Twitter account? Yeah. I guess those don't look like what I received when I did sex ed, but I think sex ed is, is important because it, it actually helps. So you didn't have those types of things when you were in school? Thank you. Oh, no, we had sex ed. I'm I, saying the images not, I posted on my not, Twitter. Did you, when you had sex ed in school, did you not get books with, with graphic With imagery? pictures of gay sex? I remember, I, I don't know, I can't, I don't remember how old you are, but I grew up in the 90s mm. when HIV and AIDS was a big thing, mm. and we certainly learned about gay sex in school. So you, so those pictures I posted on my Twitter, you had graphics like that? I actually don't know, I haven't, I, I don't remember. Well, she's honest. covered every single base to absolutely we need to do this. It's very important. If we don't, kids are going to be left to their own recognizance. They're going to have sex like rabbits. Who knows what's going to happen? Absolutely. Well, here's a picture of it. Do you want to see it? Well, I don't really know if I want to see I'm not so sure. Maybe I didn't. I, I really, I'm not positive. Wow, that was 50 seconds full circle. That's how easy it is to break a progressive. You seem to know a lot about these pictures, though, Jay Arachik is going to say. You seem to know a lot about this whole porn thing in school. So let's take a peek. Shall we go? You seem to know very well what my, those pictures are. Do you I think don't, that? I don't. I've seen oh, you. Oh, you kept referencing it. Well, I've seen you post well, things, then but I, I don't pull know. pull it up. Um, but I think, yeah, I guess I feel... Because we need to put this into context. Yeah. <laughs> we need to put this into context. So she grabs her phone. She's going to show her a picture. Hey, here's what's in the book. Are you cool with little kids seeing how to perform oral sex? Now listen to how Taylor tries to flip the switch. Go. Why you sort of focus so much about the LGBT? You keep mentioning gay sex, but you don't mention straight sex. Why is there such a focus on the LGBTQ world? Oh, I don't want pictures of sex in school. Any pictures. So you don't think children should receive any sort of sexual education, straight or gay? I said I don't want pictures of sex in school. But you think that they should receive picture-free sex education? Uh, No, I think we discussed this earlier. Okay. Do you hear how she's trying to change the narrative around? So you think that there should be no sex ed? She says, no, I just don't think we need to see graphic descriptions of it. It's very simple. And Taylor twists herself in freaking knots. Now, I'm going to hold until after this short break, the final soundbite. It's a minute long, but it's super, super interesting because Jay Rachik holds up her phone and shows her a picture of one of the just 
ridiculously pornographic images in these books that the left thinks should be standard operating, normal fare in our children's libraries. And you've got to you've got to hear what happens next. It's too good on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. So in order to break a progressive, all you have to do is be firm on what you believe and ask serious questions of them that dismantle the lunacy. So so I've heard Taylor Lorenz from the Washington Post in this interview with the creator of the libs of TikTok dance around a bunch of things. Oh, we need to talk about sex. Kids need to talk about sex. I remember talking about sex. We had graphic photos about sex, anal sex, oral sex. Absolutely. Well, maybe not those kinds of pictures. Well, I don't know. I've never really seen the pictures because I never really cared. But anyway, let's talk about you. Why do you suck? That's exactly how she handles this interview. It's so textbook. The minute things get haywire, she starts going emotional and turns the table. On Jaya Rachik. Listen to this. So Jaya asks uh, Taylor Lorenz. So let's let's take a look at this picture. Let's see what you guys think about that. Let's see. Let's take a picture. Let's let's show you what is being taught or what is available at the fingertips of fifth graders in elementary schools all across America. And let's see if you're cool with it. Listen to Taylor try to change things around and say that she would defer to experts. Go. What, I don't know what book this is from. Gender queer. Okay. So should this picture of a blowjob be in elementary schools? I've never seen a book like that in elementary schools, but I have no oh, idea. It has been. Okay. I posted about it, yeah. So tell me a little bit so about So should it be in elementary schools? I have no idea the context. I have no so idea. So in what context should it, is it okay if it would be in I have school? absolutely no idea. I have absolutely oh. no idea. I would not. I, I don't know, Kaya, because I haven't seen the rest of that book. I don't know what's in there. I don't but know the you, But there is a context that it would be okay to give kids pictures like that of gay sex, anal sex in, in I guess elementary sex, school? I guess sex pictures in school, I don't know. I don't know mm. because uh, you know who I would defer to on that? Uh. Just because neither of us are sex educators. I would defer that question to a qualified professional, An a expert. sex educator, and mm. say, hey, you're an expert. You've treated tons, you know, you've educated tons of people. You're a full-time sex educator. You've really studied this. What are the appropriate boundaries? I don't think that myself as a journalist or a media personality, I don't think I'm the right one to make that decision. I don't think you're qualified to say anything, sister. You just blew it. Blew it. You officially suck, Taylor Lorenz. Go cry somewhere now with your masks. She's got a box of masks next to her just to make sure everybody knows that she's sufficiently triggered and woke. Fantastic. There you go. The woman who doxxed, who went after and exposed the identity of Chaya Rachik as the creator of Libs of TikTok is sitting there now saying she doesn't know. I don't know. I mean, we have to talk to somebody else. I have no idea. Put a little bit of pressure on a progressive. They can't handle it. Speaking of progressive, let's talk about Gavin Newsom. What a swell guy. So just what we, everybody knows what's really going on is if anybody out there thought Nikki Haley was truly a figment of the Republican Party. She's a prop, a uniparty surrogate. She is there for a reason, probably to drain dry as much of the RNC's money as possible. But I want you to hear Gavin Newsom sitting down with Jake Tapper talking about Nikki's slaughter in, in South Carolina, et cetera, but that she should totally stay in it. Totally. Audio soundbite number one. Do you think that Haley 
or Trump would be easier to beat for him? Well, first of all, I think she's one of our better surrogates, so I hope <laughs> she stays in. I hope she does well tomorrow. All what? the nasty stuff she well says enough. about Trump. Uh, she's spot on uh, on 99% of it, so I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this primary, and I hope it continues. So I wish her luck. Uh, but look, Trump's the nominee. We all know that. You know that. Everybody out there knows that. And I think the polls are suggestive. She's going to get well up tomorrow, uh, and then she'll make a case, I guess, uh, just to continue in this. But again, I, I have no problem her continuing for as long as she wishes, because I think she's making a good case against she's, Trump. She's a great surrogate. So this is from Friday, right before the primary. She's a great, she should stay in it for as long as possible. Jake Tapper trying to run interference there. And then he's going to step in and say, this is one of those lines. I bet polls say that Haley would beat Biden more than Trump would. Oh, whoops, go. Head-to-head polls suggest that she would <laughs> clean Biden's clock. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and it's a tougher race. Uh, uh, Trump's, Trump's the nominee. Everybody knows Trump's the nominee. <laughs> so it does, not you're a, not, so there's you, not a state that, with respect, there's no evidence to suggest, there's no polling to suggest, there's nothing to suggest, momentum or otherwise, that she can win any state uh, in the Republican primary uh, coming up. So it's just not. It, Donald Trump is the nominee. Uh, everybody tough, knows that. No, and I don't mean that to be dismissive. I, I have respect for the former governor uh, a lot more than the former president, Donald Trump. Uh, but as as I said, I, I wish her luck uh, in the context of being out there and making the case that we're making against Donald Trump equally. Oh, boy. So now, Scott, about making her a third party candidate. Who knows what's going to go with Jake Tapper? Poor Jake. He looked like he was going to throw up. He looked hungover. <laughs> he looked like he was going to cry. Wait, wait, what are you saying? Donald Trump? You, you think he's going to do it? Hello, Jake. You might be the only person who's not on board that, obviously. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Whitney Bell Radio program, I want to talk about Amos Miller, the Amish farmer, in the crosshairs of the Department of Agriculture of Suck, and how it matters to you, and how you are invited to help make a difference. Don't go anywhere. Next on the Whitney Bell Radio program. Globalists who wish to control us are really bad at hiding it. I'll just say. They're really bad at hiding their ulterior motive. What they're really trying to accomplish. Because it's so clumsy. It's so obvious. You can see it coming from a mile away. And what these globalists want is power. Of course, power. They're intoxicated by this need to be in control. I'm not even in control of my own family. I can't imagine being in control of the planet. But these <laughs> people, I don't know if this is a big get your rocks off thing, dominate everybody, be every Marvel movie villain in one and then rule over a landscape where everybody is just a plebe and you eat and live like a king. There's only so many kings and queens to go around. And a lot of the people who are getting sucked into this vortex of progressivism of all this nonsense, which is really just a cover for a general overtaking of the world. And in order to do that, the greatest democracy the world has ever known must fail. They've dismantled 
New Zealand. They've gone in. They've tried to dismantle Canada. England. All of it. New Zealand, or I already said that, Australia. We're like the last shoe to drop. And it's feeling very tenuous. So when the Department of Agriculture here in Pennsylvania, where I live, went after a man who lives about three, three and a half hours away from where I broadcast on the left side of, of Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh, when they went after this man with flimsy allegations, flimsier proof, and an absolutely unhinged, overboard response, it felt very similar to us to all the things going on in Donald Trump's orbit. I'm going to come up with something. It's a thread. It's going to be kind of hard to, to justify, but we're going to put a bunch of emotion and crap on it, and then we're going to pull it. And then we're going to pile on all this crap that's ridiculous, like $355 million in penalties and 89 or $90 million to E. Jean Carroll, the whole thing. And we're going to pretend that folks out there can't see what's going on. So here's the story about Amos Miller. Amos Miller, if you're not familiar with his story on this program, is a farmer. He is a member of the Amish community. And he lives in Lancaster, PA, among other farmers and Amish. And he provides to about 4,000 members of a buyer's club everything from meat to raw milks and cheeses and butters to nuts, canned goods, you know, jarred goods, produce, all of it. And for years, Amos Miller's, you know, neighbors have relied on him and other neighboring farms to feed their communities. And there's nothing that, that a globalist hates than people who are self-sufficient. So what do they do? Will they go after the farmers? This has been going on for a while. Fertilizer issues and then transportation regulations and then jacking up the price of this and that and all of this to wear farmers down and to drop them to their knees. I give up. That is not in Amos Miller's vocabulary. They say that somebody bought something from him, got sick, somebody else might have died. Very vague. And so the feds rolled in or the Department of Agriculture rolled in and Pennsylvania State Police uh, gave them, you know, uh, an escort. Here you go. And they shut down Amos Miller's farm. And because of that, there has got to be hundreds of thousands of dollars of perfectly fine food that will spoil and already has in his refrigerators and freezers. There's a guy I want you to hear. His name is Max Kane. Uh, we found him online. He is an activist from Wisconsin, and he's going to take us inside in this video tour. I want you to determine, as you listen to what he describes, does this sound dangerous to you? Does this sound, remember, there is no, is no lab-based proof that I know of that anything Amos Miller made, sold otherwise, contributed to anybody's illness, let alone their death. But the Department of Agriculture has shut him down and is now suing him. Listen to this tour inside Amos Miller's refrigerator. Go. Hey, everyone. This is Max Kane. I am in the cooler of Amos Miller here in Bird in Hand, Pennsylvania and I'm going to take you on a tour of the cooler show you some of the food back here that the government will not let people eat 
and uh, get you to meet the cows that are producing this amazing nutrient-dense food. So if you're not familiar with the Amos Miller situation, Amos Miller is an Amish farmer here in Pennsylvania, um, living according to Amish beliefs, uh, farming, uh, raising food the way God created it, um, milking cows, unadulterated raw milk, healthy, grass-fed, nutrient-dense, life-giving milk is what this farmer produces. And he's teamed up with a community of some other farms that also uh, supplies the customers. They're doing a great service for the American people and for their private membership that they sell to. All this food has been sitting in the cooler, detained uh, for about a month now. Let's just kind of go go on a tour here. This is, uh, if you don't know about uh, raw milk, uh, it'll ferment over time. This jar right here exploded a little bit from the pressure. It's been in here for over a month. The salsa's detained, water kefir's detained, granola detained. That That's unsafe. Look it up there. Can't sell maple syrup anymore. Pickled beets, uh, canned fermented vegetables. This is how people used to make food before the big factories got a, got a hold of it. We've got the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture. Pro product under detention. Look at this yellow butter right here. Look at all this butter. Mm. Shelves and shelves of butter. Um, kefirs, yogurts. Whey is unsafe. We've got a whole other room back there. I mean, this is easy, $100,000 worth of food. Goat, uh, goat products, beautiful goat dairy product. Look at all this cheese here. You're probably at home now wishing this was your refrigerator. Hell right? yeah. Wishing that. This is the freezer. I'm in the freezer right now. Wow. Look at all this, man. You got soup broth. Looks like some chicken stock. All kinds of different meats. Just more detained product. This is really quite a shame. There's a court rally coming up on February 29th. Hope to see you there. And I'm so glad that Max Kane did that video because you got to see what's going on inside of that cooler. It is neat. It is orderly. It is clean. It is the way one would farm for neighbors. Because neighbors don't buy from a farm that's dirty, that has food that is contaminated. It spreads like wildfire if somebody gets a foodborne illness. And because he had the audacity, Amos Miller, to farm, to provide his neighbors with the best food, highest quality food he knows how, they shut him down. So I want to talk to you briefly about this. Because if you live anywhere nearby, and I'm going to put up a graphic, I'm going to create one probably today, and we're going to put it up in every single show. Because if you are available, even if you're not, Try to make yourself available. Here's the story. Thursday, February 29th, so this Thursday, at 11.30 a.m., there is a peaceful rally being held at the Lancaster Courthouse in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's at 50 North Duke Street. The court hearing for Amos Miller, and he's going to find out, I mean, who knows what they're going to determine about what's going on. They could throw the book at him and say, you're not, are you out of your mind? This is real. This might be one farmer and you might say to yourself, you know what? I don't even live in Pennsylvania. I don't even know anything about the Amish. Why should I care? 
if it can happen to him, it'll happen to the growers in your area. Isn't it so mysterious to everybody out there? All of the various food manufacturing facilities last year was more than 100 that had these weird fires. A lot of poultry processing, a lot of places where chickens are grown, right? A lot of places where eggs come from, so weird. Places that make grain or that store grain. All these processing food manufacturing plants. It's just so uncanny, isn't it? Now, if, if you're not putting together the pieces of this puzzle, go up a little bit higher with us. Join us at 30,000 and look down because it's coming to you. This stops when we say it stops. It stops when an ocean of people show up for a guy they likely never met and probably never will. Because if they can do it to anybody, it's just power to continue doing it. And by the way, the Amos Miller fundraiser, I can't even fathom. I guess they have a January 4th goal of $350,000. I have no idea what this give, send, go is now. But it is huge. Americans are tired of the overreach. It is antithetical to how we live. And don't try to normalize it by creating some stupid narrative that everybody's at risk. Oh, it's a danger. We've got to keep you safe. Because you know what? I feel the safest when the government is the hell out of my life. That's just me. Again, this rally. 11.30 a.m. before the court hearing at 1.30 for Amos Miller at the Lancaster Courthouse. 50 North Duke Street in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. 17602. It's important. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I've got a little Brian Stelter news for you. It's fantastic. Next. It is one of my missions, one of my goals on this Wendy Bell Radio program, my friends, to always leave you with something that's either provocative, uh, funny, uh, it's a, a revenge or retribution kind of a thing that we can enjoy. <laughs> well, this is one of those things. This is from BNN Breaking. I have no idea what that is, but it is what it is. BNNBreaking.com. Headline, from CNN to school board candidacy, Brian Stelter's unexpected path and the ongoing debates shaping our society. <laughs> Wait a minute. Imagine a world where the headlines capture not just the sensational, but weave a narrative that connects deeply with our collective experiences in this journey. We traverse the unexpected career pivot of Brian Stelter. The debates over induced lactation for transgender women. And the broader societal discussions that challenge our perceptions and norms. Really, all they needed to say was just put up a picture of him and the word sucks over it. That's enough. Done. Got it. 
once a familiar face on CNN's reliable sources. <laughs> Brian Selter finds himself at the, at the heart of a local school board election in Readington Township. Is it Reddington? Readington? I beg your pardon, didn't check it. A registered Republican since November of 2022. He changed parties. Stelter's candidacy has stirred the pot among local party members, bringing national attention to a typically low-key affair. His journey from media critic to aspiring school board member underscores a broader narrative about the fluidity of career paths in the intersection of media, politics, and education. Well, the reality is he's pretending to be something he's not. And if the Republicans in whatever Reddington or Readington is doesn't do something about it, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, come on. What, what, what do you even say? In a separate yet equally contentious matter. The University Hospital's Sussex NHS Foundation Trust has found itself defending a policy that has sparked heated debate. The practice of induced lactation for transgender women, a subject of both scientific intrigue and societal controversy, challenges traditional notions of parenthood and the biological boundaries of care. Equal crazy town. Admits, I just love the idea of a man with a hairy chest lactating, you know, leaching out through some chemicals into a baby's mouth. No. And so this whole conversation about being being transphobic, if you're like, I'm not really down with that. Right. I'm not really. And then here's Brian Stelter coming in. He's got something to say about that, ladies and gentlemen, and he expects to be hired and to be voted in as a school board member, as a Republican. All of this stuff is total mumbo jumbo nonsense. And we know it. But what isn't is I think this. And I found this on the Western Journal. Trump makes defiant declaration. I would rather lose my freedom than surrender. I agree. 100% correct. And here's your story. Standing alone, staring down the barrels of a legion of lawyers, former President Donald Trump is going to make his stand. Biden and his deranged prosecutors, attorney generals, attorneys general, local district attorneys, they're trying to take away my liberty. They're trying to take it away. They're trying to steal my liberty. If there's any shred of justice left, they will fail and we will win. And so far, we're doing very nicely. Thank you, Trump said during his Saturday speech at the Conservative Political Action Conference, CPAC, in National Harbor, Maryland. But I would rather lose my freedom, he said, than surrender to this group of thugs, tyrants, and fascist scoundrels. I would rather lose my freedom then surrender. The more the corrupt establishment tries to stop us, the more you know the day is near at hand when we will break free from their grip. We're going to break free very soon, Trump said. He noted in his speech that he is paying the price for standing up to a political establishment that wants to crush him. I stand before you today, not only as your past and hopefully future president, but as a proud political dissident, I am 
a dissident, Trump said. He said election day will be a day of reckoning. Agreed. For hardworking Americans, November 5th will be our new liberation day. But for the liars and the cheaters and the fraudsters and the censors and imposters who have commandeered our government, it will be their judgment day. Their judgment day. And when we win, the curtain closes on their corrupt reign and the sun rises on a bright new future for America. These are the stakes of this election. Our country is being destroyed and the only thing standing between you and its obliteration is me. Facts. I would rather I would rather go down I would rather be destroyed than turn my back and give in. That is the fight that he sees, that he spoke about at the beginning of this program. There is an excitement. There is an aligning. There is a strength of purpose and a clarity of vision that we haven't seen in a long time. And we see it. And they know their clock is ticking. Thank you for being here for part of the program today, my friends. Hope you come back tomorrow. Bring a friend. Until then, peace.